I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. (laughs) You can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome back, everybody, to the Important Nonsense Podcast. 32 teams, 32 days, breaking down every team before the start of the 2021 fantasy football season. Once again, I am Neil Smith, joined as always by Steve Bonham. That's right, and we wanted a nice, quiet place to record this. We are live at the Chargers Stadium. Oh, that's just... That's just not cool. Started early. Started early. No, we promised you in the last episode for those of you that have been following along with us that we were probably going to be very rude about (laughs) our colleague, that FF nerd's favorite team, because we usually are most seasons. So we'll just get that kicked off right out of the way. But just for reference, just to set the table for everybody, if this is the first one you've listened to, uh, everything we're going to talk about here today is based on 12 team PPR. We're going to reference our own content as well as the Fantasy Pros UCR, as well as possibly some other tools along the way. And check us out at importantnonsense.com and importantnonsense.com slash Patreon. Uh, by the way, with the Patreon for $1 a month, uh, we come and check out our Discord that we've set up in the background where we've got all of our experts on there. And uh, we'll be happy to talk to you, answer questions, or just participate in kind of the kind of the general just good-natured nonsense that we have going on in the background. So it's right there in the name for you. But Oh, and it's worth noting that this is uh, August 14th as we record this. So if anything is dated, be sure to check that recap show. It is worth noting that because it is entirely possible, given the history of this team, that something will probably sound dated here before too long. Hate to, hate to be doom and gloom about it, but that does seem to happen to this particular franchise, which... We will be talking today. Oh, also, I think we should point this out as well. Oh, yeah? mm-hmm. uh, we are talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, that's what I was just about to get into. I know, but before anybody comes at us about uh, the alphabet, that would be LAC and LAR and LV for Las Vegas. I understand <laughs> that LAS, Las Vegas, comes before Los Angeles. I get that. I understand. But just before the grammar police come after us, that's how we're running this here. Okay, gotcha. Abbreviation noted. That is yes, the reason why you. we are talking about the Chargers. We're talking about today. L.A., not Los Angeles. Okay, good enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. But to your point, we will be talking about the Chargers today, and uh, you know we could just go back to calling them San Diego. That's what I would prefer. That would be that would be better for me. No, no, it's this isn't an Oakland situation. They've outplayed their San Diego. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. They're they're they've they've improved their standing in the world just to that point. Well, uh-huh. it's funny that you know we we can't talk about that a little bit. The the Chargers have, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they had Philip Rivers for what felt like forever, and now he's retired. And last season they brought in former Oregon Duck Justin Herbert. To some people were excited about it, but honestly. It wasn't really like the the biggest QB signing of even that draft class. And then basically about, what was it? About six weeks into the season, something happened. Justin Herbert, they, <laughs> there was a medical accident. No, no, that was week two. 
Was it? Yeah. Well, because there was a medical accident that happened to Mr. Tyrod Taylor that caused his <laughs> lung to be punctured. And I, I'm going to just do finger quotes around accident that happened right. to Tyrod yeah. Taylor, exactly. where he was unfortunately had his lung punctured by one of the Chargers medical staff in a long history of gas for the Chargers medical staff. If you ever care to look that up, historically, one of the worst medical staffs in all of pro football. Way to go, Spanos. You did it consistently terrible proved once again why they have that reputation because they punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung accidentally, which seemed questionable uh, for a number of different reasons, but it presented an opportunity after week two for Justin Herbert to get on the field and they never looked back. He immediately came out and looked exactly, he looked better than what anybody had projected. There was no no preseason last year. Correct. So they played week one, uh, Tyrod got banged up, and then before the game, in pregame warm-ups for week two against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs, they, uh, they were giving Tyrod Taylor a steroid shot for his bruised ribs, and they accidentally punctured his lung. And then they sent him to the hospital, and they forced Justin Herbert to have to start against the defending champions, and he played well, well enough to earn the job the rest of the way. So 15 starts under his belt. He actually only got better after that. That was kind of a shaky kind of like, you know, figuring it out type of moment. And he played well enough, but he, he got really hot at various points last year. So much so that he's my quarterback eight. He's the quarterback eight for our staff projections. And what about you? Where do you have Mr. Herbert this year? Uh, Yeah, he's, we talk about all the time, the Konami quarterbacks he is definitely not that but he is my top non konami code quarterback which puts him at qb8 yep mine as well he is the he's just above aaron Rodgers as far as the best non konami code uh quarterback so yeah and that's just h that's all that is yeah exactly but it also speaks volumes about what he's been able to achieve in a very short amount of time really like gets out of college in the COVID year, to your point, no preseason, no, like all of his OTAs and walkthroughs probably were on a computer for the most part. And then in week two, he's starting and he played very, very well throughout the season. So much so that we're going to recommend it here again. And I don't think we're out of line with the industry really. So it's not really a controversial take. He's about yeah, that he's, range he's for everybody. in the ECR and yeah. uh, he is seven and ADP. So, so after one season, everybody's ready to just kind of go wheels up on Justin Herbert. And I'm no different. It doesn't sound like you are. Everybody's pretty much expecting big things. And if you watched him play a little bit at all last season, it's not a mystery as to why. The man is, rel- he's not a Konami code, but he's relatively mobile. He can run when he needs to. And he does run around the goal line a little bit, which helps. So you get some rushing to go with it. But the most impressive thing is the fact that he uses that speed to get outside and avoid tackles. And he's just got an absolute cannon. He can just let it fly down the field with such ease that very few people can do it the way he does. So very interesting. So we're going to, I would recommend Justin Herbert, to be honest, if you're looking to invest at the quarterback position, because it's not terribly expensive in terms of ADP. So if you're not, if you're waiting and you don't want to get in on one of the more expensive uh, quarterback options, um, I find myself. Well, no, QB seven, which is uh, 52 Uh, overall. Okay, so there you go. It's come up a little bit apparently, which is why we break these down. So if you're gonna <laughs> if, if you're gonna want Herbert, then uh, you might have to spend a little bit more than what either you or I would probably be comfortable spending. So yeah, it's a it's a back and fifth round pick right now. Yeah, it's so. probably a little bit too high. So it's it's the area I start considering quarterback. 
Yes. But yeah, it's a little, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit too high, which is a shame because uh, you're probably, the problem is you're getting a little close to drafting him at his ceiling for me. But if you do end up with him for whatever reason, I would be very happy to roster him and happy to deal with that all season as my quarterback expecting pretty big things. So beyond that, I will, I would rather talk about, you know, we're, we usually go into what matters, right? And I think by a nose, what matters here probably is Keenan Allen over uh, over the running back room. So we can kind of whip through wide receiver here real quick. Keenan Allen's coming back, another year older, not too worried about his age yet uh, for redraft purposes. He's their wide receiver one. He's been their wide receiver one for years. And he is one of those guys that used to get kind of still to a little bit does gets kind of disrespected in fantasy rooms because he had some injuries earlier in his career, but that was several years ago. He's put together several complete seasons since then. So most of that has kind of fallen away. So there's not too much analysis needed. He's wide yeah, well, receiver. 10. Again, I just have to reiterate what, mm-hmm. what we, the discussions we've had throughout the, the off season and all throughout last year in 2020. Yeah. With the, Oh, you hated Keenan Allen in the preseason. What, what do you, what do you love Keenan Allen now? <laughs> At no point did I or you ever say Keenan Allen is washed and completely done. No. My no. ranking of Keenan Allen last year, I think, was like wide receiver 25, 26. It was, mm-hmm. it was just high-end wide receiver. Three. I was in the same neighborhood at various points in the season, and I think yeah. I know where you're going with this. And our entire argument was Tyrod Taylor does not throw the ball. Yeah, there he, it is. He, he just doesn't throw it effectively. It's the same reason that the wide receiver one in Houston right now is going in the mid-30s. It was our whole argument last year that Tyrod Taylor was going to play enough games and they'd be competitive enough that they were going to run the ball. But when Herbert got in in week two, that changed literally everything. And if you go back again, this is a check the film situation. Yeah, I've got receipts. (laughs) Check the tape. Check the tape. Not not only can you uh, can you check the tape about our official ranking, but the one week that we saw clearly Small sample size. Okay, okay. I was going to bring this up too. So go ahead, go go finish the thought. Please. Clearly, clearly, small sample size. All right, but the one week, week one, when Tyrod Taylor was the starting quarterback for LA, Keenan Allen had three point seven fantasy points with wide go. receiver sixty seven that week. There you go. Again, See? when we were projecting Taylor was the starter, that is why we were low. It is nothing to do with Keenan Allen's talent. It's all about the QB situation. And that's yeah. obviously changed now. And I'm glad I'm glad you put a fine point on that because we did hear about that a little bit. And it's like, no, that's just that's just poor, poor reasoning, right? Yeah. We were down on it because you had Tyrod Taylor. And right. at the time we were doing the projections, you have to assume Tyrod Taylor is probably going to start six or seven of those games. We detailed all of this on the podcast, by the way. And like, I remember doing it. We went through the entire logic train of why we had Keenan Allen rated the way we were. Because also at the time, Nobody could have projected that Justin Herbert was going to walk on the field and then suddenly immediately look like a professional level football player. Yeah, like there was of no the guys evidence in last of year's that. draft class, they said he was the most raw. Yeah, so there was no way you were telling we were trying to the way that it was going to logically play out was Tyrod Taylor is probably going to start six to eight games here before something goes wrong. We've seen that before. He craters everything around him. We talked about it on the Houston show to your point from a moment ago. It's literally the same thing that keeps happening. And then we never would have expected Justin Herbert to come on the field and suddenly just start lighting everything up. He just wasn't a prospect like that. So he's very much, that's what I was trying to convey when we talked about him directly. It's kind of a nice surprise, really, 
Because it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, that guy's way outperforming his expectations. It's kind of crazy to, to watch like him being kind of like a mid-level draft prospect with like people are like, eh, he's got some warts in his game and this, that, and the other. To just two two starts under his belt, he was throwing 350 yards down the field looking looking like he'd been playing football yeah. in the NFL his whole life. It was it was just really impressive to see how quickly he took to the game. So we, yes, we do not we do not as a website or either you or I individually hate Keenan Allen. We do not yeah. think Keenan Allen is washed. He's yeah, my have, wide receiver nine for this yeah, year. I have, I have a wide receiver Crying seven. Out loud. Yeah, and he's in that group of guys where again, once you get past the big three for me at wide receiver, all my other wide receiver ones are lumped in a tier where you can take any of them and, and I'm not going to complain about it. Yep, and for me it's so seven and nine. There you go. And then for our website, he's ten. So no, nobody hates Keenan Allen. And with the, with the upgrade at quarterback. We're right back to wanting Keenan Allen again. Now you want so, to talk about people we do hate. Yeah, now I was going to say, and now this this gets uh, really much, much quicker. Because once again, in true L.A. fashion, there's just no depth here. Mike Williams is still the two. You and I have been very open about our feelings How on Mike Williams. How dare you disrespect Josh Palmer like that? Well, hey, wow. well, you know, oh look, Josh Palmer, Josh, <laughs> Josh Palmer just got there. They seem to, look, I, I don't think it's, a, I do Canada think it's not a, Look, I do think it's not a coincidence that today on the news feed there was a, uh, a shout out to saying, our Canadian friends. They know what I'm talking about. <laughs> absolutely, there was a new there was a report today saying that uh, the Chargers were likely not going to extend Mike Williams. So yeah. there you go. I think everybody, the Chargers, even now agree with what you and I've been saying for years that Mike Williams is not really an NFL level wide receiver. Too, he's a decent enough player. He has some flashes. He's a big guy and he's reasonably fast, but. I mean, you want to talk about guys that will challenge like whether or not injury prone isn't, a th- you know what I mean? Like if anybody could do it, that, that would be he's Mike a, Williams at this yeah, point. Wide receiver 46 in the ECR for some reason. Yeah. For reasons uh, that evade me. I don't understand it. 48 in ADP. Uh, I have him at 58 and he is in that tier of guys that are going to get playing time, but I don't want. So yeah, Nelson Aguilar. I have him at 55 right next to Jalen Rager and Sterling Shepard. That's that's where I'm at. Rashad Perryman, Tyrell Williams. That yeah, all that all that stuff. It's not something you'd want to invest in. So that also feeds into the Keenan Allen <laughs> train is that yeah. Keenan Allen's their best wide receiver by far, folks. The cliff that you go down, a guy who's in the top 10 to a guy who can't even get out of the 50s. That's yeah. Mike Williams at this point. And some people clearly, as referencing the ECR, think a little bit more of him than either you or I do. But we have a lot of history at this point that Mike Williams is not something you can count on for a 16 to 17 week NFL season, even with the upgraded quarterback to Justin Herbert. But mm-hmm. I just have very little evidence that Mike Williams will be able to get through the entire season and be consistent enough to actually matter as more than anything as some kind of like bi-week fill-in or flex occasionally, like as a bi-week fill-in, something mm-hmm. like that. And it's just not worth investing in. And then we can talk about Josh Palmer, nice prospect out of Tennessee, Canadian, as you referenced. And uh, we're a big fan of all of that, University of Tennessee and Canadian. He checks a lot of boxes for this website. So I've actually seen quite a bit of Josh Palmer <laughs> as a volunteer. And uh, my value, he's raw. It's just yeah. he's, he's an electric athlete. He's a freak athlete. He does a lot of things well, really raw. Just so, there's going to be some growing pains with this, I think. Yeah, the way their wide receiver room breaks out is we've got Allen as the primary slot. So he's going to, that's where he gets a lot of his volume. He does move. He does move. But it's important to point that out. He will primarily play on the he'll play in the slot. 
Yes. Uh, Mike Williams is your X, your prototypical run down the field and try to catch the long ball. But that's also what they have Jalen Guyton for. And Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer are basically competing for who's going to be the Z. Guyton is a guy who just is going to try to burn you downfield. And he flashed last year doing it, which is why people might remember the name. Jalen Guyton was the occasional punt returner as well and kick returner. However, uh, he's kind of lost that job. He had some fumbling issues. But but Guyton is, again, he's the home run hitter for them as well. Palmer is a bigger body. I think he's going to get more of his snaps in the red zone. And as he gets more consistent and better with his route running, uh, I believe he's going to earn that Z job ultimately. And he will probably be the reason they don't re-sign Mike Williams. And next year, it's looking like Keenan Allen and then Guyton and Palmer there won't even be a discussion. They'll just both be on the field because Williams will be gone. More than likely because Guyton is basically Williams, but he's not quite as big as Williams, but he's yeah. as fast and has to this point not had some of the other issues that Mike Williams has had. Yeah. Uh, so he's Guyton kind of became, the, Guyton get, developed some chemistry with Herbert. So I think there's a chance that he might get to stay, especially because he's going to be inexpensive. That's the big, that's the, probably the most appealing thing about it actually more than anything, as far as like the bank, uh, the bagels, the, the chargers as an organization are, uh, are uh, going to be looking into. So that's really, is there anybody else that tickles your, your fancy at all here? Because they have other wide receivers. They'd still have Tyron Johnson. I'm not really interested in it, but he's still technically there. They have guys like Joe Reed, I yeah, mean, Joe I'm Reed really and KJ Hill were both undrafted guys last yeah. year. Yeah, I miss KJ Hill. Hold- KJ Hill's another one. Yeah, they have but a few of them. Again, drafting a guy like Josh Palmer but let, tells you that they're moving on from those guys. They're looking for I, I was going to say, and, no, we and you know what? This is just like, none of this information is a, we, I was actually going to re- know. reset us. Yeah. 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 From, from, a, from a redraft perspective. Keenan Allen, and then if you yeah. really, really at the end of your draft want to take a flyer on Mike Williams, I wouldn't do it. But no. I, I, if you really wanted, if you really wanted to, I mean, I guess, but I, I'm not really interested in that at all. And then, yeah, Josh Palmer is more just a name to know, just like all the rest of those guys. I'm not drafting Josh Palmer, but it could become something. So it's, it's, it's worth pointing out. Weirdly. I know a lot of people were on the KJ Hill train too. So we'll see if he can actually make the team and, and hold off if Palmer struggles, but yeah, really just Keenan Allen here, folks. And then we'll pivot directly into, uh, into running back and well, actually, you know what? No, we'll round out pass catcher. Well, cause we'll just knock tight end out. Cause this used to be how, when we talk about Hunter Henry, we can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So now the tight end room will look a little bit different because they've lost Hunter Henry to New England in the offseason. They elected to not pay him, and, I mean, they were going to have to pay him a boatload of money. So kind of get it. And they brought in aging veteran Jared Cook. But here's the thing. While aging veteran may not be the nicest way to describe it, although I would argue it's accurate, uh, Jared Cook still has value. It's not like the world's worst downgrade. Would you agree from Hunter Henry? It's not. It's certainly not an upgrade. but it's not like you have no tight end. You know what I mean? So what are your expectations for Jared Cook? Because as we know, they're not changing offenses and the Chargers offense typically features quite a bit of passing to the tight end. Yeah, I have Jared Cook as number 12 at tight end, but he's in that tier with Jarwin and Irv Smith and Evan Ingram where I'm just hoping for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue for me with Jared Cook isn't even Jared Cook. It's Donald Parham. And that's okay. And that's where I was going to go. I actually have Jared one. Cook. See, I have Jared Cook at 16, 
because I think he's going to be sharing part of a job with Donald Parham, but Donald Parham shouldn't be able to cut into it enough that Donald Parham actually matters. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was saying here is that I, I have Cook rated that high. Again, I, I, I'm drafting and ranking on tiers. So my tier three is 11 through 17. Cook happens right. to be part of that. And for me personally, I think Cook is good enough to get receptions, to lead the tight end room in targets, and get that red zone work. But Donald Parham will get the occasional touchdown. He will get some red zone looks as well. So will Josh Palmer. He's going to cut into that a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, when you're talking about that late in tight end and punted that far, you're really just looking at who gives me the best upside to catch a touchdown and win me the week. And Jared Cook is that guy for me. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of what I'm saying here. Jared Cook is a, is a, is a great name to know. Our site, it's funny because we kind of split it. You have him at 12. Our site has him at 14. I have him at 16. Do you happen to have the ADP for Jared Cook? Uh, exactly. So Jared Cook to me is actually kind of a value. Because I think people his, see the name. His ADP is 19, and in the ECR, he's actually at, I just, 23. So there you go. That's So Jared Cook, to me, is actually kind of a value. Because, yeah. again, I acknowledge all the things you're saying about, yeah, there will be things that cut into those it. Guys for him. Wanna, if you don't get a top three tight end and you just want to punt it, that's one of those guys you're targeting in the 13th, 14th round. Yeah, weirdly, him and Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, like all people like that, that you can kind of grab towards the end and then somebody will hit for you. So that that's a uh, Jared Cook's a value here so far is one of the one of the important takeaways, which is fascinating because that's <laughs> that's just that's such a that's not a, a, a takeaway that I thought would be coming away from with uh, with this show. The the only other thing to really discuss then is running back as we kind of just walk it through. Austin Eckler is still there. And I mean, there's very little to say about it, really. He's our RB7 for the website. He's my RB8. Uh, in PPR, he gets to be RB8 because he catches so many passes. And I know you had a wonky stat about how he's got, he's one of those guys that has like very few starts, like actual credited starts yeah. to his name. But it's a, uh, it's to me, there's really, there's not much to really think about. And I mean, I know some people are worried about Austin Eckler getting injured and things like that, but it's like, I think that's just the, that's every running back one. And then two, I think that's just kind of the cost of doing business with, with with how, with how involved he is is in the offense. You know, he enjoys that much volume that he is kind of at a risk to get, to get whacked at some point. But when he's out there, the production is too good to ignore it. So he's my RB8. He's in that tier of guys where if he's my RB1, I feel fine. Yeah, I'm happy about it. Yeah, and Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson are behind him. Camp reports and preseason are kind of showing us that it looks like Justin Jackson's going to end up winning that backup job. I don't think either one of them at this point is good well, he enough. Won it, and he won it last year, too, to be fair. So I'm yeah. really not surprised by any of that. And I don't think either one of them is good enough to roster, even if Ju- Austin Eckler gets hurt. No, because so. if Austin Eckler gets hurt, they would share it. And neither one of them is yeah. good enough to actually matter. Yeah, so they kind of saw just- that last year. So. Yeah, so they're really like Justin Jackson borderline had fantasy value at one point last year. So if anybody was going to do it, that would be who I would put my money on. But I'm not overly excited about it. And it would be the kind of thing that I would pick up off waivers if I needed it for like a bye week fill-in or something, if something was to happen to Eckler. So no real easy handcuff there. And that really kind of rounds out most of the skill position, guys. So at that point, you're just left with the defense, which... 
I mean, I know we as a site, we're not too excited about it, to be honest. And I think I think there's good reason to kind of downplay wanting to invest in the Chargers defense. They've lost a lot of skill position guys on that defense, and I'm projecting them to be pretty poor myself. How about you? Uh, yeah, they've had a lot of turnover defense for sure. They're ranked 15 in the ECR. I personally have them in the low 20s. Again, when you're talking about fantasy defense, it's not necessarily are they a good unit or not. It's, yeah, it's are they going to give up points and are they going to take the ball away? And they don't have a lot of guys that will take the ball away. You're in a division where you have to play Kansas City twice a year. You're going to play uh, Denver and you're going to play them twice a year and their offense, which is revamped. You have the Raiders you're going to play twice a year. Their schedule is difficult that they have to try to push through. They're going to have points put up against them. They're going to have yards put up against them. And I, I, again, the, the, it's not that they're not necessarily a great defense. It's just they've lost a lot of players. And from a fantasy perspective, they're not going to generate a lot of points. Yeah. And then their kicker is still Michael Badgley. And, you know, if you're going to stream kicker uh, periodically, you may end up streaming Michael Badgley. And it's not something you're ever going to draft or, or care about. And I would say that applies to both the kicker and the defense. They're both yep. things that you're not going to draft, but they'll be available on waivers should you need them. And if there's a good matchup, matchup for the Chargers, yep. yeah, maybe you can take a look. But that's really the takeaway for the whole thing. Don't overpay for Justin Herbert. Austin Eckler's great. Keenan Allen's great. Jared Cook's a value at the moment. And then that's really it. Know who Josh Palmer is for halfway through the season when he supplants Mike Williams and, and takes that job over. That's really go. it. And see, we, we weren't nearly as rude. See what I was saying? That's what I was saying in the pre-show. We were not nearly as rude as, as we've been in other years about the Chargers. We were very rude about their medical staff. I was at least, but I know, see, that's all accurate. So right. I don't really consider it being rude. It's just stating facts. Exactly. Uh, so, well, that's I don't, unless there's nothing else to say, I'd say we just kind of close it right there. And in the listening world, we will see you tomorrow to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Again, Again that's how LA. we're running, how we're running the alphabet here. So we will see you all tomorrow. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!